let's just do it. Okay. Do what we do, you know? Welcome. This is two wills and a mic, two genders, two generations, two personalities. And that's not where the differences end. But we're going to inject a little bit of humor and some controversy into today's narrative. And we hope that you guys find it entertaining, educational and enlightening. These are epic conversations that we absolutely love having. And it's been so cool being able to share them with you guys. So we hope that you find something valuable and interesting in these episodes. I'm Kaya. And I'm John. Let's get started. Hello, Kaya. Hi, Dad. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm excited. Are you? Yeah, we're back in the studio. We are. And I'm really enthusiastic about this particular conversation, not because of the subject matter per se, but you, you know, just in some behind the scenes dialogue, you raised some very good points and I'm super interested for you to share that with our audience. Oh, okay. Well, I guess let's let's hope that I can deliver that. <laughs> yeah, it's not often that it happens, but on the rare occasion that you mm-hmm. do happen to come up with some good stuff, mm-hmm. I think we should put it out there and really promote you and, uh, you know, do what we can to support you. Since it's so far and few between Correct. Those, those moments. Okay. Correct. Got it. Well, uh, before we get started, I just want to um, give you guys a little trigger warning. We are going to be talking about... Um, some things relating to suicide, depression, addiction, mental health issues. So um, if any of those topics are sore subjects for you, maybe best to skip this episode. I think that's a fair warning because we don't know how our words affect people. And to be completely responsible with our platform and the ability that we have to communicate just being very cavalier about our subject matter as it relates to some, you know, very deep and meaningful topics. And, and as you know, we could not know how somebody's struggling with, you know, what is going on in their lives. And it's certainly not our intention to put someone in a position where they feel, as you said, triggered, not by this stuff anyway. Definitely not. No. Well, having said that, yes. welcome back. Thank you. Welcome yeah. back to you, too. Thank you. I'm excited to get this done. Yeah, it kind of feels nice to be back in the suit again behind the mic. Mm. Yeah. I, I would say I hope you're not recording that, but obviously you are. Yeah, so. uh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump right in. So the subject matter today is not necessarily, you know, centered around suicide um, and, you know, self-harm and things of that nature, mental illness. But it started with a question. We were at the mall and I happened to see an image and it was of a young celebrity, a musician, I believe, correct? Mm -hmm. 
and she had a semicolon tattooed on her arm. And I asked Kaya what the significant if she knew what the significance of that was, and she proceeded to inform me that the semicolon tattoo is traditionally used as a sign of uh, solidarity and affirmation for people struggling with uh, suicide, depression, addiction, um, and many other mental health issues. So the semicolon tattoo is usually used as a sign of solidarity and affirmation uh, to show support for people who've struggled with suicidal thoughts, depression, addiction, and many other mental health issues. So I saw this and, you know, obviously was curious. Kaya gave me the 411 and I said, hmm. That's dumb. And she said, well, why do you say that? And my explanation was that. Now, I'll, I'll go and quantify this later, but my explanation was. The most dangerous period in a human's life typically is the moment they are born. More people have died throughout the history of mankind during childbirth than any other violent conflict or act of terrorism or overthrow of a monarchy or revolution, whatever it was. But there were a lot of deaths, <laughs> a lot of deaths during childbirth and within the first three years of life Obviously, before we as young, new individuals really understood what that meant, like we really had no or barely had developed a sense of self at that point. Um, so arguably, everybody could have a semicolon tattoo. Now, that was my knee-jerk reaction to her explanation. And then she went on to explain that. <laughs> that um, it's a slightly different perspective, usually, uh, from what I've seen and heard. And that, that the symbolism of this tattoo is more to represent the choice being made to continue fighting and uh, to keep fighting every day, whatever that battle may be. So I kind of wanted to present that it was more than just a, it, as harsh as this sounds like a, oh, I almost died type of thing, and more of a um, sign of the mental battle that could still be occurring and usually is still occurring. Now at that point, I still wasn't convinced because, you know, people undergo struggles every day. Uh, the perception of what is difficult, what is significant, what is substantial is all relative, right? Because we all have battles, we all have struggles in our own lives, and we rate them on our own scale based on the tools 
and skills that we are endowed with and or have developed over the years, which brings us to a separate topic, which we'll dig into in a second. But we then realized, well, I then realized that the person I thought it was was not, in fact, the person on the poster. So the person I thought it was was a person that had battled with substance abuse and addiction. Now, I'm not belittling or even maligning that individual for those things. My point was, or my anchor point was, it all began with a choice. And just like we all have the freedom of choice to govern our decisions, our thoughts, our actions, our emotions, it was a choice at some point. And this individual made a choice to try it, to smoke it, to shoot it, to whatever. And then we could go back in time. But my contention at that point was they consciously made the choice to do the thing, whatever the thing was that led to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. So if you are taking responsibility and acknowledging that you made this choice, then I think that I feel like that kind of degrades the significance or the support and fanfare we should give you for kind of like overcoming the battle, you know? And at that point, Kaya reminded me that these were two separate individuals and the person that we were in fact talking about had been involved in a near-death experience but not through any fault of her own it wasn't substance abuse at all it was a result of a, a major health crisis that she endured and was able to fortunately rebound and survive from so having that fuel in the tank kaya then made me aware of a different perspective which is the part that i'm excited for her to share with you guys. So the point that I then brought up was that the the way that he was kind of looking at this and the perspective that you were coming at it from was um, from a place of almost the perfect situation in this case, where you have that understanding, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, um, so you have that as well. You've got the life experience to kind of be able to look back on, and then you also have the experience of the way that you have chosen to raise your kids, and then the way that we have subsequently experienced and gone through life. So that is great. <laughs> But a lot of times, especially for people in my generation, um, they don't have that. And in general, that that fight and that uh, tenacity and the willingness to stay in the fight is not something that everybody has, nor is it something that everybody has access to. So that kind of brought us to um, how there have been a lot of situations in my life for sure where... Um, the only thing that kept me in it 
you know, whatever it was, was the fact that I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, look at myself the same, substitute it for whatever you want, um, if I knew that I had given up. And for me, the, the, the idea of knowing that I gave up on whatever and I didn't see it through to the end, I didn't give it all I could, um, that to me is worse than anything else. But that is the perspective that's been instilled in me since the beginning. A lot of people don't have that. So that's kind of where we, where we ended up. And then we, we started talking about um, kind of the difference in childhoods and, and familial situations and all that stuff. <laughs> so let's dig into that a little bit more. But before we do... A note from our sponsors. No. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not yet. I do want to say that one of the things that I've done with my life is always to be curious. And sometimes to get the answers or the understanding that you need, you have to ask questions that you may not want to. You may need to take positions and perspectives that for the sake of the conversation makes you the bad guy mm -hmm. just to gain deeper understanding or pull more out of the people that you're engaging with that you might not otherwise be able to access or heck, they might not even be able to access it because their level of passion, belief, motivation, desire is not the same unless they're charged a bit. So, what I did in this situation, because I know how Kaya feels about injustices, no matter where they are or who's a victim of them, I put myself intentionally in the position of a, a bad guy to see what she would come up with. And true to form, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> She did what I thought she would and presented an alternative uh, perspective and an alternative, you know, set of ideas, thoughts, understandings, beliefs, sensitivities. You did all of that. And that's why I felt pretty strongly about you guys having access to that and being able to hear that because that's pretty amazing for anyone to be able to do. And she did it all without becoming emotional, which is huge. So without any further ado, let's dig a little bit deeper into the meat of the conversation. So in terms of rearing and raising, what you talked about is being able to draw from your education, your experiences, and your environment. Mm-hmm. And using those things, we'll call them tools, yep. using those tools to be able to fix and or repair whatever is broken in your life at that moment. Mm -hmm. And to your point, there are some people who have never been given those tools. They may have access to those tools because we all have access to those tools, mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't mean we know they exist. Yeah. 
So if we don't know they exist, then basically they're not part of our reality. And essentially we don't have them. As far as we're concerned, we don't have them. Mm -hmm. So my question to you then would be how in this world, because you spoke specifically about your generation Mm -hmm. and I said, or maybe I didn't say it out loud, but I was thinking specifically that you guys have access to infinitely more information than we did. Mm -hmm. So how could you not have knowledge of these tools and at least some level of proficiency in applying them? And the only answer I was able to come up with in my head was because the environment that we live in, AKA society, no longer requires them. So it's just like we are no longer required to be able to climb a tree, run 30 miles in a day Mm -hmm. on a hunt, um, you know, sleep on solid rock. Yeah. We're no longer required as modern humans Mm -hmm. to do those things to survive. Therefore, as we've devolved, (laughs) we've lost the ability to do that. So in our modern society, even though you have access to more knowledge than anybody else in the history of mankind, throughout the history of mankind, you guys are still lacking these things. And to my earlier reference, the only reason I can come up with is that our environment no longer requires you to be able to do that. So why would you ever feel the need? However would the need arise until you were in a dire situation or circumstance for you to develop it or test it? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's incredibly accurate. Uh, I think that part of that, because you did bring up a great point that we do have access to exponentially more information um, than you guys did. And it's so much easier to access too. I mean, it's literally at our fingertips. But I would point out that there is still that balance of quality versus quantity. <laughs> and what do you mean by that? There is so much crap out there mm. <laughs> that usually, and I mean, this is kind of digging into the, you know, Google search rankings and, and how that works, but it's so much easier now to, I mean, if we look at the model of social media, right? you see somebody post something about something, right? And you're like, oh yeah, I agree with this. And it doesn't matter if it's based in fact or based in opinion, you go and share it because you agree with it, right? Hmm. You don't take the time to research that. You don't take the time to fact check it, to you know check any validity. You just, you're like, oh, that lines up with my internal narrative, so we're sharing it, right? So that's on a small scale. 
Now, if we pull back and we look at the governing voices, if you will, of my generation, then we have, you know, the Jake Pauls, we have the Tana Mojos, we have, you know, all of these people who have the, this ridiculous audience. You've got anywhere from nine-year-olds to 19-year-olds watching your content predominantly. And you're saying whatever you want, you're doing whatever you want. And because they look at you as the person who's famous, you must know what you're talking about, right? You've got all this money. You've got all these people watching you. You're living the perfect life. So whatever you're saying, that must be what's supposed to happen. Like I've got to be a part of that in order for me to be relevant, cool, fit in, right? So I think that that would be part of it for sure, that when you guys decided that you wanted to go and find out about something, first of all, you had to work to find out about whatever it was. You couldn't just go on the computer. You couldn't just pull up your phone. You had to go to the library, go to the bookstore, and then you had to search. <laughs> right. So there's that that effort, right? And then there's also the fact that there was that kind of automatic fact-checking system because you couldn't just be a teen celebrity, write a book, and then you know it's automatically in the bookstore like that's not how that works right there was a, a vetting process exactly so i think it's a lot of that um i think it's also a lot of which is good and bad by the way yeah definitely it's good and bad i think the the fact that those gatekeepers are not uh, or, or a certain degree a certain percentage of their power has been taken away mm -hmm. and put back in the hands of the individual i think that's done a tremendous amount to empower individuals in you know sharing their voice sharing yeah. their stories sharing their knowledge their wisdom their insights so i think that part is extremely powerful and positive but like you said just like everything else you know it's yin and yang it's balance right so uh, as as positive as that is there must equally be a negative exactly. in order for it to coexist so sorry to jump in like that. But. <laughs> no, it's okay. I do think that is the, that is true though, for sure. Um, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, um, off air, <laughs> about the understanding of consequences. And that whole framework, like that's something that was made abundantly clear to me in my childhood. That was something that was highlighted from the beginning. And it started on a very small arguably insignificant scale, just, you know, you push this, knock it off the table, it could break, for example. But there are so, there's so much happening in my generation that I think can be brought back to that principle of not fully understanding that relationship. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go all Greta Thunberg on you, but <laughs> um, climate change, for example, people thinking that, you know, just because they're they're just one person, like the fact that I am single-handedly using and creating more plastic in the environment than a full-blown Amazon factory is not gonna matter because it's just me. You know, that's not gonna do anything to the big picture. So I think mm -hmm. that whole um, mindset of being so selfish and also naive <laughs> and 
ends up being detrimental because you're like, oh, well, this is only gonna affect me. The fact that somebody commented, you know, something mean on my Instagram post and I respond back something incredibly disgusting that I'd never say in person, that was just to help me, right? That was just me defending myself. I'm not thinking about the fact that this person, you know, I don't know where this person is coming from. I don't know what's going on in their life. This could just be, you know, that it was the last straw for them, right? Just saw something that that triggered them. So I think that that whole mindset is something that for sure plays into this and is not talked about enough because I still think we are living in a world that is it's getting better for sure but it's still aggressively supporting being a follower and that doesn't contribute itself to um you know strong independent individual thinking (laughs) uh people agreed i mean i've been saying that for years for sure but Let's <clears throat> let's assume mm-hmm. that we had the ability to single-handedly change society in that regard right now. Starting from within, mm-hmm. and for you, that would be within your inner circle, your immediate uh, circle of influence, mm-hmm. your friends, your family. Yeah. What would you do differently, whether it be things taught in school, the way that school is structured, um, games that families were, you know, strongly encouraged to play, Mm -hmm. uh, social environments that fostered these types of things, um, public programs, you know, anything like that. What would be your, like, I guess, top two or three things that you could think of or you could draw from that would at least shift the paradigm, get the compass pointed in that direction? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I think I would start with, and this is specifically to influence my group first. Just to put it out there. Okay. You know, it's like, like putting out positive messages, yeah. tools and resources. Think like like that. Yeah, that's okay. a perfect way to articulate it. You're creating tools, resources, and and thoughts. Hmm. I would start with questioning who these people are. Like I would genuinely ask them, who are you? And I think that that would be a very thought provoking question because there's so much of an identity crisis Hmm. (laughs) Um, because people get to, you know, the middle school age and in most cases fall into a category. Right. And I do mean fall into it. <laughs> and then they kind of just stick with that forever. And you know, until it changes to a different category. Mm-hmm. And at no point 
in that is it really genuinely I'm defining myself in the world. I am this. So I think that I would I would start there. So who are you? Mm-hmm. Okay, who's that directed toward? That would be, yeah, that would be directed to everybody in my group. So it would be an individual question. Okay. Yeah. What's something that families would would do? You, I would say, start by sharing. Like, if you're from the parent perspective, I'd say probably start by sharing your description. <laughs> I mm. guess if you want to call it that, um, because that helps create that that open environment, and then you encourage your kids to share their perception of themselves too. And I think that that could be hugely beneficial from a parental perspective, depending on what age your kids are, because then that can kind of help you in, in figuring out, you know, are, do they need maybe more influence uh, from us to de- dive deeper into finding themselves or are they, they're good, they're on that track and they're not going to be negatively influenced by their social group, peer group, whatever. Do you think the show is more important than the tell or the other way around? I think in this case, it would be the other way around. So you think the tell is more significant, more impactful? I think so. Which is, it's it's tricky because the real test would be if you can... It, obviously, as, assuming that these the person has the requisite skills to be able to clearly express their themselves and their ideas. Mm-hmm. But if you can express who you are genuinely, then I think there is a good chance that you've already been showing that. You could argue on the flip side that that is not the case. And they've been too scared to show that. But, I mean, that's a whole different rabbit hole. (laughs) I think my personal philosophy is present it, explain it, Mm -hmm. and then model it. So if we look at that as as a construct, you present the information... That's where the dialogue comes in. Mm-hmm. The second phase of the dialogue is more of a Q&A. So I'm, I'm presenting you with the information. I'm asking you, how would you define yourself? Yeah. Right. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, would you say that you're cool? Would you say that you're sporty? Would you say that you are, um, you know, loyal, trustworthy, ambitious? Do you have a lot of grit? Would you say that none of those things apply and then dig down a little bit deeper into there. What, what do I mean by that? What do you mean by your answers? That's where the explanation would come out. And then draw specific examples and parallels to behaviors that either you have executed or I have executed. Remember that time we went so-and-so and the guy at the gas station was really nasty to me. And do you remember how I handled that? 
so what was your takeaway? Why do you think I did that? Yeah. Why do you think I chose that path mm -hmm. instead of the other path, which would have been, you know, being nasty back at him and, you know, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But I think those three steps going through that systematic process does, it does a few things. Number one, it puts it in your head twice. Yeah. First time, because I told you that may or may not stick. It may just bounce off or pass through. Mm -hmm. The second time is you have to think about it. So now there's some roots being, being laid, right? Yeah. The third time is when you can connect what you're already thinking about to something you've already experienced, mm -hmm. because that then makes it emotional. Yeah. And if we can firmly link those last two components, then mm -hmm. it's going to be memorable. Yeah, definitely. Just like you remember the, the time that we were at the gas station. Well, now you're going to remember the feeling mm -hmm. because you understand what transpired. Yeah. like on a deeper level. And then the next time we come back to it, you can relate to the questions, to the the information, to the presentation in a completely different manner because now you're coming from a position of maybe not fully in the know, but you're moving closer to the know mm -hmm. than you were the first time we introduced it. And then that's the repetition and reinforcement over you know, weeks, months, years, that lead us to, you know, 10 years later, now you're not six anymore, you're 16. And now you not only completely understand the vehicles, mechanisms, and the, and, and the game that's at play, but you are adept at using your tools, which you've developed over the last 10 years, at being able to play it effectively. So... I think that's a really interesting question because as a society, we are made up of individuals. We are made up of individuals who form small groups. Mm -hmm. And we are made up of individuals who form small groups who become tribes and thought leaders mm -hmm. and influencers. Yeah. So if we began with ourselves, then expanding that to the small groups and circles of influences that we have, now we actually have some power. We can create some systemic change mm -hmm. in a manner that we dictate and not just being receiving or a receptacle for the information and or constructs that, you know, mainstream puts out or, uh, you know, popular whatever yeah. deems is important. Yeah. So a little bit crazy with the direction of today's conversation, but I think it was definitely worth having mm -hmm. in front or akin to our audience's ears. And I, I, again, want to go back and say, you know, thank you for sharing your insight. And I'm super proud that you were able to not only express it but that you actually cultivated it and developed it and now you are in acknowledgement of your own personal power well thank you thank you it's been a journey for sure well it still is <laughs> definitely you know all of these things definitely. I, I think that's another misconception actually mm -hmm. because a lot of people think okay i got it yeah 
and then they can just kind of hit cruise control. That's definitely not it. No, because the the more skills you develop, the bigger your toolbox, the more things that you are get you get called upon to fix. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, so Definitely. <clears throat> so I think it's a never-ending journey and if you dedicate yourself to the process yeah. of of continued development no matter how fast or slow mm-hmm. no matter how big or small no matter how frequent or infrequent if you dedicate yourself to that process of development then you're never really going to feel like you're severely overwhelmed yeah you know momentarily possibly but i don't think you'll ever feel like i really can't deal with this and I need another way out. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. But just one guy's opinion, I guess. September is Suicide Prevention Month. And although today's subject matter occurred in a very impromptu fashion... I don't believe that anything happens by coincidence. And I think we were receiving a message that we needed to share with you guys. And so we have. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you need help. Please don't hesitate to reach out. The National Suicide Hotline number is 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five. These times are tough for all of us, and some of us need an ear to listen, a shoulder to cry on, and a uh, friend to lend a hand. So, hopefully, this episode will provide you with at least one of those options. So, thank you again for sharing, and I hope you, our listeners, had a a good time listening. We'd love to get some feedback from you on this topic and any other. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Yes. Until next time, we will see you in, in the, the next one.